Recorded live. Yes, folks, we're back for Wrestling Revisited for Tuesday night, April 26, 2016, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, coming to you live from the WCWS Raw Studios, if you will. How are one seven two four 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 seventy forty four? Caller ID number one three nine nine two six. And you can talk to me right now and whoever else swings by. And tonight, however, we got a great wrestling moment for you in time, however, as we take you back to the year nineteen ninety four and the event the Bash at the Beach. And Bash at the Beach, of course, in 1994, was held in the Orlando Arena there, down there in the Sunshine State of Orlando, Florida, if you will, right near Disney World and Epcot. Of course, the big story going into this show, obviously, is what happened a few months before as the uh, Memorial Hulk Hogan, yes, folks, Hulk Hogan himself, Terry Belay, if you will, left the World Wrestling Federation, if you will, or the WWF at the time, to sign a contract with World Championship Wrestling, just when it looked like he was ready to get out of the business, however, of professional wrestling. Also at this time, however, it was determined that Ric Flair had returned after being away from the WCW, however, formerly the National Wrestling Alliance, if you will, for a few years, being in the WWE himself, however, but as a result, he lost the loser release town match, of course, in January of 1993, and within two months, however, he showed back up, of course, to be in the WCW once more. As a result, by the end of 1993, going into 1994, however, he became the new world's champion by putting his own career on the line at Starcade. Yes, folks, the granddaddy of them all, Starcade. As a result, he defeated Big Van Vader, who at the time was matched by handsome Harley Race, or formerly King Harley Race, whatever you want to call him, however. And as a result, he became the new WCW World's Champion once more. Also on that memorable night at Starcade 93, of course, we saw a young man by the name of Stone Cold Steve Austin, then known as Stunning Steve Austin, if you will, become the U.S. Champion by defeating the natural Dustin Rhodes, who would later go on to become the artist formerly known as Gold Dust, among other names as well. Meanwhile, your tag team champions on this memorable show, of course, occurred not even two months before that when Cactus Jack, yes, folks, Mick Foley himself, Cactus Jack, of course, the Taskmaster, later became becoming the WCW front office personnel. The very strange, the very wacky, the very bizarre and strange, as we mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, Kevin Sullivan, yes, folks, Yes, folks, the Taskmaster from Boston, Kevin Sullivan, were deemed the WCW World's Tag Team Champions. And as far as the television championship goes, however, it was in the hands of the common man who would later go on to become the WWE Commissioner slash President, or should I say the General Manager of NXT, if you will, Lord William Stephen Regal. With that said, let's tell you about what happened on this memorable night in Orlando, Florida. Of course, the crowd opened up, of course, and as a result, we had our announced team of Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain Heen. Of course, Bobby the Brain Heen, like Hogan, like a few others, however, had decided to skip out of the WWF, however, and as a result, show up in WCW with a nice paycheck in hand. As a result, however, they were your announced team here for this memorable night, and as a result, a crowd over 14,000 people. Yes, folks, 14,000 packed into the Orlando Arena to see the big matchup between Hogan and Flair. Now, originally, however, these two were supposed to fight in the WWE at WrestleMania 8 back in 1992, but that never came to fruition. As a result, Ric Flair went on to face Randy Macho Man Savage, however, at WrestleMania 8 in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the Hoosier Dome that year. And Hulk Hogan, meanwhile, took on Sid Justice, better known to you all, Sid Vicious, or uh, uh, 
Psycho Sid, if you will, however, six foot eleven, three hundred and twenty five pounds, and as a result, he defeated Sid, however, by disqualification in that match. Meanwhile, however, Flair and Savage, of course, fought a very great match at WrestleMania 8, one of the two best matches on the card behind Bret Hart and Hot Rod, Roddy Piper, the late great Roddy Piper, I should say, however, on that night. And as a result, Ric Flair, of course, lost to Randy Macho Man Savage on that night. But that's side the point, however, let's talk about what happened on this memorable night in Orlando. Of course, the show opened up with the national anthem sung by country music superstar Dara Norwood, and from there we went into our first match, of course. As a result, however, it was for the WCW World's Television Championship. Now, it pitted Lord William Stephen Regal, of course, with his servant, Sir William, taking on Johnny B. Bad, a.k.a. Mark Merrow. Now, Sting, of course, was supposed to get the TV shot here up until Sherry Martell, yes, folks, hence was Sherry, if you will, dressed up like a man and literally scratched out the Stinger's eyes during a matchup with Ric Flair. As wacky and outrageous as it sounds, however, she was, in fact, barred from the building on this uh, memorable night, however, in more ways as more ways than one, and as a result, however, the question was, who would come out as the television champion? Well, these two guys, of course, would go about 11 minutes, however, and as a result, however, Regal would win inside of 11 minutes long, however, by cradling up bad for the one, two, three count, just when it looked like, however, that referee Nick Patrick was about to... uh, do a little heel maneuver here by kicking Regal's hands free, however, and basically trying to help Bad win the match and the title. As a result, unfortunately, that was not the case here on this night, and as a result, Regal rolled through a second time, however, and this time cradled up Bad for the 1-2-3 win, and as a result, however, it turned out to be the deciding fall. Um, my thoughts of the match, it was a pretty good opener. I thought both of these guys were pretty good performers. Of course, Johnny B. Bad would later go on in the 90s to appear in WWE as Mark Merrow. Unfortunately, however, as Mark Merrow, he did okay, but not as good as he did in WCW when he was Johnny B. Bad, the tutti-frutti booty man, if you will. And as far as Regal goes, we've talked about Regal's past, however. Uh, previously, of course, he had some personal issues to deal with, both inside and outside of the ring over the years, however. But it seems like, however, over the last several years, however, it seems like Regal has found a way to get his act cleaned up, so to speak, at the time. However, Regal uh, had not yet uh, gotten in trouble uh, with uh, any uh, promotion whatsoever due to excessive drug use, but that would change, of course, later on in the decade. And as a result, he would be fired and later suspended from wrestling for a while before going to rehab and then cleaning himself up and starting all over again, however, as a result of that. Um, needless to say, as I said, this was a pretty good opener. I thought it was very entertaining, of course, and uh, these two put on a pretty good match. From there, of course, however, we go to our next match, of course, Vader with Harley Race, of course, uh, taking on the Guardian Angel, of course, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura would replace Bobby Heenan for the next two matchups, of course, uh, Jesse Ventura, of course, was on his way out at this point with WCW, of course, he had come by way of WWE just a few years before in 1992, but by 1994, of course, uh, Eric Bischoff and WCW felt that uh, Jesse not brought nothing to the table, and uh, shortly after this memorable show, however, However, they decided to give him his pink slip. As a result, uh, he would not return to wrestling for another six years, however, excuse me, five years, I should say, later to show up as a special guest referee 
And as a result, however, it would be during the triple threat match between Mankind, a.k.a. Mick Foley, Triple H, and of course, I believe it was Stone Cold Steve Austin at SummerSlam in Minneapolis, Minnesota. As a result, this was a matchup, of course, from uh, Spring Stampede, of course, where the boss, of course, a.k.a. Ray Trailer, a.k.a. the big boss man, was stripped of his gimmick as a policeman, and now he is a part of the Guardian Angel group. Uh, as we said, of course, uh, these two uh, went at it, however, and as a result, however, these two uh, went only eight minutes long, and as a result, Vader did win the matchup, however, by disqualification inside of eight minutes. Uh, my opinion about this matchup, it wasn't great. I thought it could have been better. Uh, at the time, Vader, of course, was one of the bigger strongmen in WCW. Of course, he had become a champion the previous two years, however, uh, by winning the King of the Cable Tournament from Sting at Star K92. And from much of 1993 going into early 94, middle of 94, he was still a strong, tough guy. Uh, he had been battling guys like Sting, Ron Simmons, uh, Dustin Rhodes, of course, Ric Flair, of course, we told you about him and Flair had that memorable match at Star K93 where Flair's career was on the line, of course, and as a result, of course, Flair got back once again the WCW World's title by putting his own career on the line that night at Star K93, two days after Christmas in Charlotte. Of course, uh, Vader was also matched at the time, as we said, by uh, one of the most unique, if not one of the most... Uh, most uh, Hard-fought performers of his time, however, and that is Harley Race. Of course, Race and Flair, as you know, have had history with each other in the past. Of course, they met the very first Starcade back in Greensboro in 1983 at the Flair for the Gold celebration on Thanksgiving night. And here it was 10 years later and uh, less than a holiday later, however, they went at it one more time. Only this time, however, uh, Race was in the corner of his man, the world's champion, Vader. And, of course, Flair was fighting Race's man, Vader, uh, for his career to be on the line. However, unfortunately, this was not a steel cage match at the time when those two fought. And as a result, those two, uh, referring to Flair and uh, Vader, however, just went at it one-on-one at Star K93. And it was a very good match. In fact, it was one of the better matches of 1993, I thought, right behind a couple of others. And as a result, Flair did regain the world's title. Uh, that being said, as I said, folks, a very entertaining match. Both of these guys uh, really put up a good fight. But again, I thought the matchup could have been better, if you ask me. Uh, from there, we go to our next match, of course. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, of course, uh, teaming up with Arn Anderson, taking on Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Buck with Colonel Robert Parker and the monster known as Ming. Of course, this was Ming's WCW pay-per-view debut as Colonel Parker's bodyguard. Uh, we know about Arn Anderson's history, of course, being in the legendary Four Horsemen with Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Ole Anderson, uh, Lex Luger, Barry Windham. Uh, these four guys went about 11 and a half minutes, however, and as a result, however, um, we saw Arn betray his partner, if you will, and as a result, however, mind you, he uh, helped Funk and Bunkhouse Buck uh, somehow betray Dustin Rhodes, however, and as a result, uh, Funk and Buckhouse Bunk uh, won the matchup. Uh, at the time, however, Terry Funk, of course, was a few years away removed from, or a few 
I should say not a few years removed, less than uh, a couple months removed from competing in ECW, or not competing in ECW yet, I should say, excuse me. Uh, He would go on his way to be heading off to ECW shortly after this, where he would be there for the next three or four years. And at one time, however, would become the legendary ECW World Champion by winning the world's title against the artist formerly known as Raven, a.k.a. Scott Levy, and uh, Stevie Richards. Of course, uh, he took on Stevie Richards and, of course, the Sandman in a triple threat tower at the very first pay-per-view, Barely Legal, back in April of 1997. And then later that night, he went on to face Raven, who at the time was the world champion. And thanks to help from one of his young students, Tommy Dreamer, the innovator of violence, and also uh, Beulah McGillicuddy, Terry Funk uh, made his dream come true by becoming the new ECW world champion, however, by defeating Raven, however, that night in April of 1997 at the ECW Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And, of course, that was on Sunday night, April the 13th, 1997. Um, Like I said, these four fought a good match. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, of course, uh, was a pretty good wrestler of his own right, and I think still is one of the best wrestlers, one of the most unique wrestlers of his time. Uh, Whether you love him or hate him, it doesn't really matter. I've always been a fan of his work, even when he was gold dust, however, and is still as gold dust at times. Uh, but around this time, he was doing pretty well on his own as a pretty decent uh, singles guy and tag team guy. Of course, he would have partners like, uh, at times, Ricky Steamboat, Barry Windham, Sting, uh, Nikita Koloff, I think. Um, also, he would team up with his father a couple times, Howard, the late, great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, so Dustin Rhodes has had a very unique career, no question about it, and uh, he has been in the business a long, long time, ladies and gentlemen. i got to say, if there is a guy who uh, should be on the Hall of Fame ballot in the next few years, however, that should get a chance to uh, get his um, call into the Hall of Fame, I would have to say it would definitely be Dustin Rhodes. I mean, this guy is just unique, both inside and out. However, I mean, we know about his history, however, with his family. Of course, it was told on the American Dream Dusty Rhodes story, but... Over the last several years, however, even longer than that, I think Dustin Rhodes has become quite a fan favorite, whether you loved him or hated him. I, like I said, I've always been a fan of his work, however, both as a heel and as a face. I think he's one of the most unique, charismatic guys of his time. Of course, uh, he will go down as one of the most unique individuals and one of the most uh, hard-fought individuals of his time. So, uh, nevertheless, I thought this was a very good match. And uh, like I said, I thought these four guys put on a good match. And you mentioned, of course, about Terry Funk. Uh, Arn Anderson, a quick word on him, i got to say, however, uh, again, he is a very also hard-fought individual, of course, being in the Four Horsemen. Of course, he at one time was the longest TV champion in history back in WCW in the early 90s and mid-90s. And uh, he, of course, uh, has had some very unique uh, matches in his career. Also, uh, by teaming up with Ric Flair and the Horsemen, and sometimes out there on his own in singles competition, and as without question, one of the most uh, punishing, if not one of the most bruising guys in the ring, however, inside and out, however, and as far as outside the ring goes, as a person, I've heard stories that he is a very serious, uh, very book, book, street by the book type guy, however, he takes no guff from anyone, however, but uh, he's also considered a very easy guy to talk to from what I've heard. Some people say he can be a hard ass, but uh, I've heard other people say he's a real, um, very determined guy and uh, gets the most out of his uh, performers, if you will, now as an agent, however, and that's good to see. So uh, that's very, very interesting to say the least. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Um, let's give you the number again, one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. This is episode twenty three, the Michael Jordan edition, if you will, of Wrestling Revisited. And you can listen to us every Tuesday night from seven to eight o'clock. Usually we have a couple other people on the show, including the lowdown man himself, Kendrick Smith, along with Gerard T. Smith, King NWO, King Beer, Captain Unicorn, whatever you want to call him. And of course we also have the big diesel Gregory Kramer. Unfortunately those gentlemen have been tied up tonight, however, with other obligations, but you can check out Gerard and myself coming up at nine o'clock on Wrestling Revolution. We will have a great show for you tonight. One three eight oh five five pound. We will be talking about last night's Raw. And of course, we'll talk about Raw here as soon as we get done with this uh, paper summary. Give you my thoughts about Raw early on and some other sports news going on. Uh, don't forget, of course, uh, that'll be again at nine o'clock tonight. Gerard and I will be handling the news for you. Of course, John Gross will have your birthdays and dates in history, and of course, it will also have quite a panel, including Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw from down there in Trinity, North Carolina, along with his friend Big Bad Bob Ziegler, aka Mr. Hulkamania, if you will. Hopefully, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, of course, Miss Madness herself will be stopping by for us, along with our other friends, the JML Experience, the Big IQ Jeff Teeters, the Rush Ronda Rush Wright. And, of course, uh, whoever else decides to swing by on the line. So, and of course, that will begin at 9 o'clock tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We will be talking about Raw. We'll also be talking a little about Payback coming up this Sunday night, which will be on pay-per-view on the WWE Network this Sunday night, beginning at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, live from the Windy City of Chicago, Illinois, at the Allstate Arena. Of course, that should be a very interesting show. And, of course, this Sunday, folks, do not forget, at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, however, listen to all of our panels, however, give you their pay-per-view predictions, however, on Wrestling Revolution, however, a very special pay-per-view edition of Payback, if you will. And who knows, we might have a side better, too, going on with some of our panelists, of course. And also, ladies and gentlemen, one other thing quickly before we get back into uh, talking about this pay-per-view, however, do not forget, folks, one week from this Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, and yes, folks, one week from Friday night, however, you can listen to a very special edition of Wrestling Revolution. It will be the first year of our big anniversary, if you will, and that should be a great time beginning at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We hope to have a lot of you call in and also share with us uh, your thoughts and stories that have happened over the past year. Of course, all of our panels will be on the show, hopefully, and uh, share with their thoughts and stories. And as I said yesterday on Raw Radio, which is another one of our big shows, which is one three eight ten four four pound. You can listen to that. Uh, Revolution, of course, is one three eight zero five five pound. And of course, on Thursday night, you can listen to Wolfpack Radio one three eight five two one. Beginning at nine o'clock, of course. I said yesterday on Raw Radio, towards the end of Raw Radio, and I'll reiterate it again. And I'm going to say it one more time. I would like to thank uh, three special people for giving me a chance to uh, do what I do best, however, here on Tuesday nights as well as Monday afternoons and sometimes even on Wednesday evenings. And that is three special people that are very close to me in my heart every day. However, first off, I want to thank, of course, the bad guy himself, King NWO, Gerard T. Smith, along with his sister, the lovely, lovely Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, and also our head chairman, the boss of WCW Radio, if you will, Mr. Mr. Chad Hinshaw. Excuse me, Mr. Chad Hinshaw. Sorry. I repeated that twice, but I want to say that. And the reason why I want to thank those three people in special order, however, is because they have given me, along with my friends, John Gross and Gregory Kramer, to come on their show, talk with them over the past year, what we feel about the sport of wrestling as fans, however, but as people, too. And if it wasn't for those three gentlemen and ladies, however, mind you, this show would not have happened, referring to Wrestling Revisited. Also, I want to thank them for giving me a chance to host also Wrestling uh, Raw Radio on Monday afternoons from 3 to 5 o'clock each and every Monday. We have a lot of fun doing it every Monday. However, we hope you listen to it. Yesterday we just celebrated our 40th anniversary. 
or should I say our 40th show, Howard, with a lot of people coming on the line, including the lowdown man himself, Kendrick Smith, of course. We also had my cousin, the franchise, Dandy Jerome, swing by for a little bit. We also had John on, Greg on, of course, the big diesel, Greg Kramer from the Kramer Brothers Band, of course, Pro Wrestling Reviews as well. But, um, like I said, I want to thank uh, Gerard, Michelle, and Chad for giving me a chance to let Chad, or not Chad, me and John and Greg come on their show within the past year, however, and give us a chance to uh, speak our mind about wrestling, what we feel about it as a fan and as people. And if it wasn't for those three guys, however, this wouldn't have happened. And, of course, I want to also thank them for giving me a chance to host this show each and every week, of course, however, on Wrestling Revisited, as well as hosting the newest show, however, that you can listen to on Wednesday nights beginning tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, and that is the Wrestling Debate. And that caller ID number is 139925-POUND. And the number one. And tomorrow night, of course, it should be a great show at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time tomorrow night on the debate. Last week, we talked about part one of the Monday Night War between WCW and WWE. We went from 1995 through 1998 and covered a lot of things in between. Of course, tomorrow night, we have part two of that debate uh, up for uh, discussion. Of course, hopefully, Gerard will be joining us along with maybe the big diesel, Gregory Kramer, and whoever else calls on the line. However, we will stretch those years from 1999 through 2001 and get everyone's thoughts about what happened during that time in all three federations, if you will. And that should be a very, very interesting show coming up tomorrow night on the debate. And, of course, as we said, do not forget, next Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, May 6th, right after Cinco de Mayo, ladies and gentlemen, we will have a very special one-year anniversary party on Wrestling Revolution. That caller ID number is 138055-POUND, and that will begin at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 6 o'clock Pacific Time on TalkShoe.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think I've talked enough for a while and hyping up all our shows, but that's the way I do it here. I like to do that, and that's the way I am, however. Let's talk about our next match, and probably one of the better matches of the night, however, and here's what one of the better matches of the night was, however, and this is what it was. It was Stunning Steve Austin. Yes, folks, Stunning Steve Austin holding his U.S. championship on the line, taking on the Dragon, Ricky Steamboat. Of course, Ricky Steamboat had come back to WCW, however, after rotating back and forth between WWE and WCW the last few years. And as a result, however, the U.S. Heavyweight Championship would be on the line here. As a result, however, mind you, however, as a result, however, uh, as a result, however, Austin would win the matchup in 20 minutes to retain the U.S. title. Of course, this would be the beginning of the end of Ricky Steamboat's WCW career and wrestling in general. Of course, Ricky Steamboat would be sadly hurt a few months after this and be forced to retire after being in the ring for almost 20 years uh, as a performer. Uh, my thoughts about this match, great match with two good performers, two of my favorites of all time. Of course, Austin was coming into his own more and more as a heelish uh, arrogant, stunning Steve Austin, and of course, Ricky Steamboat. I've said before a couple times on our show, however, and other shows as well, he will go down as one of the best, if not one of my all-time faves. Uh, he's had so many great matches over the years, whether it be with Ric Flair, Rick Rude, Randy Savage. Of course, he also teamed up with other guys, however, that uh, battled some guys over the years. Of course, uh, his teammate, of course, was the legendary Jay Youngblood, and of course, they battled guys such as uh, Don Carnoodle and Sergeant Slar. Uh, the Briscoe Brothers, Jack and Jerry, of course, uh, they also met other teams along the way back in the day in the early 80s in the old Georgia Championship Wrestling slash the National Wrestling Alliance, including Jake the Snake Roberts, and I believe his partner, um, try to who Jake's partner was back then, I think it was, uh, wow, I can't even remember who it was, but uh, you get the gist of it, of course, uh, Ricky also a team up with one time, however, 
by uh, teaming up with Greg Valentine and, of course, Paul Jones, who, of course, later on in the late 80s, of course, would manage guys like uh, Shaska uh, Pez-Watley, however, and, of course, uh, Manny Fernandez, the Raging Bull, among others. So uh, Ricky Steamboat has had a unique career, no question about it, and he will go down as one of the top three, if not one of the top two faces, I think, of all time that uh, fans loved growing up as a kid. I know I was a big Ricky Steamboat admirer as a youngster, and uh, some of the greatest matches I've ever seen Ricky Steamboat fight. Of course, I mentioned some of them already. The battle with Rick Rude in 1992 at Beach Blast, which was a half-hour Iron Man match. Probably the greatest of them all has to be without question. I think everyone still says this, and it is still considered, I think, one of the greatest matches of all time with Steamboat, however, is that memorable matchup he had with Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 3 in front of 93,000 at the Pontiac Silverdome uh, to win the IC title. Of course, George Animal Steel was in the corner of the Dragon that night, and the late, great Miss Elizabeth. Yes, folks, Elizabeth Hewlett, the late, great wife of the former uh, champion at that time, or should I say the champion at the time, Randy Macho Man Savage, was managing her husband, if you will, uh, sadly, unfortunately, we no longer have uh, these two individuals, Elizabeth and Randy Savage, with us, and it's a shame because both of these people were very unique, both inside and outside of the ring. Of course, uh, Elizabeth passed away some time ago, and Randy Macho Man Savage passed away a few years ago, tragically, due to an automobile accident. But last year, he finally got his uh, Hall of Fame night uh, to shine, so to speak, and his career to shine even brighter, however, by being put into the WWE Hall of Fame, and of course his brother, the legendary Leaping Lanny Poffo, if you will, the Poffo family, who uh, his father Angelo trained both uh, Lanny and Randy, of course, and was a wrestler in his own right, of course, um, had a chance to give his brother his uh, night to shine once more, however, and put him into the WWE Hall of Fame. Okay, uh, from there, folks, we go to our semi-main event, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. And here's what it was. It was Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan, if you will, taking on Pretty Wonderful, if you will, that consisted of Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma. Of course, Paul Roma, a lot of people had mixed emotions about this guy. I was one of them, of course. Uh, Paul Roma, back in the day, of course, uh, used to team up with a young wrestler by the name of Jim Powers back in the 90s, however, excuse me, the late 80s, early 90s in WWE. Uh, unfortunately, he would show up in WCW a short time after this, however, and really not amount to anything. I mean, he always thought he was better than anyone. He always found a way to think he was bigger than everyone. Well, if you ask me, he wasn't anything real exciting to write home about, if you ask me. Uh, a lot of people called him a gym rat, and he just always had a big ego. He found a way to always make fun of Ric Flair and Arne Anderson and other people in the locker room. Uh, I had a chance to listen to him do an interview about a year ago where he actually badmouthed both these guys and other people during his time in wrestling uh, that he worked with and also teamed up with. Uh, if you ask me, he was an absolute waste of space. I think he was absolutely just not worth a start off my shoes, so to speak, however. And as a result, this is a guy who just absolutely was absolutely horrible in the ring in every sense of the word. I thought he just never was all that great. Uh, Paul Orndorff, on the other hand, I had different opinions about him. I thought he was a pretty good wrestler back in the day. Of course, he used to team up with and, of course, feud with Hulk Hogan, if you will. Unfortunately, however, he uh, had some health issues after this, of course. And just like Steamboat, after this pay-per-view, he would start to wind up his career as well. Suddenly, due to an injury, he would be uh, taken out, if you will, on uh, 
uh, I forget how it went, Howard, but from what I remember, I think it was a freak mishap that happened, Howard, in a match or on a particular TV show. As a result, however, he would not return to wrestling until a few years after this. As a result, he would then go on to become the trainer of the WCW Power Plant, and uh, as a result, he would train the young guys from the Power Plant, of course, down there in Atlanta. Uh, he would make one more appearance in wrestling, however, in WCW, of course, towards the late, later years of WCW as a manager type uh, for these young guys. And as a result, when he did uh, bring these guys that he trained up into the main roster of WCW, uh, he didn't look the same. He really aged badly. He looked horrible in the ring. He wasn't the same guy he was back in the late 70s and the early 80s, if you ask me, unfortunately. Um, he unfortunately did go into the WWE Hall of Fame about 10 years ago, however, and get noticed by uh, the WWE, so uh, I guess we can say that's pretty cool. But uh, a couple of years ago, we uh, understand that Orndorff had some health issues, of course, with cancer, and as a result, however, uh, he uh, many people were fearing that we would have lost him at a very uh, respectable age, how I believe he was in his mid-60s at the time due to cancer, but... Somehow, someway, uh, we did not lose him. He, uh, like most of his uh, matches, however, uh, did not want to throw in the towel this early, however, and say, I'm ready to check out, however, and as a result, he beat cancer. And now, from what I hear and from what I've seen recently, he looks ten times better than he used to. Um, he's getting up there, no question about it. However, I believe he's in his late 60s now, or almost early 70s, if you will. Uh, and as a result, however, uh, he looks a lot better, though, compared to what he was a few years ago. Again, this happened just a couple of years ago, ladies and gentlemen, that he uh, had a chance to uh, face cancer dead on, straight in the eye, however. And many people thought, however, that was uh, pretty much it, uh, that he had no more fight left in him. Well, unfortunately, he proved them all wrong. He proved me wrong, I think, too. But he also proved a lot of people wrong that uh, he didn't think... Uh, where I was going to say, he did not think he was, he was just telling people, however, I mean, if you think I'm ready to check out and just hang up the towel, however, well, you're sorely mistaken. And as a result, however, um, you will definitely be happy to know that he is still very much around. And uh, other than that, however, uh, yeah, so that's all I can say about this guy. Um, other than that, um Let's see here. Uh, what else can we talk about involving Mr. Wonderful? Well, like I said, of course, he was a member of the class of 2005. Of course, that was the Hall of Fame class where we saw Roddy Piper, Hogan, and a couple other big legends in the past go in, including the Iron Sheik. Uh, as we said, this match was pretty good. Uh, between these four individuals, it went 20 minutes long, however. The end came, however, when Orndorff jumped on top of Cactus for the 20 minutes, however, to win the tag team titles. Uh, my thoughts about this matchup, not great. I thought this one was too long. I thought it could have been a lot better. Um, I just really didn't think it was all that great. So uh, that being said, that's what I thought of the match. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that said, how are now? Let's talk about the big main event, ladies and gentlemen, how are And here's what our main event was. Of course, as we said, however... Shaquille O'Neal was here, however, in this uh, main event, however, in the corner of the number one contender, Hulk Hogan, who came out with Jimmy Hart along with Mr. T. And as a result, 
He took on Ric Flair. Of course, Ric Flair, of course, was told by uh, Commissioner Nick Bockwinkle by the WCW at this time, however, about a month before, however, he would have to defend the belt against Hogan. Uh, Flair did not find this uh, amusing nor uh, right, however, and complained to Bockwinkle and the head office of WCW saying that why should he do that, however. And at one point, this match almost didn't happen, but unfortunately it did happen. And as a result, however, these two went at it, however. Uh, George Foreman, of course, was also in the corner of Hulk Hogan at this time. This uh, went 22 minutes long. Uh, a real good main event, i got to say. Very, very exciting. Of course, we also saw in this match, of course, at one point in the crowd, if you look very carefully and go back and watch that match, somehow you'll see a very uh, young Linda Hogan, if you will, the former wife Hulk Hogan in the crowd watching the matchup, I believe, along with Hogan's kids, Nick and uh, Brooke, who were very young at the time, watching their dad do his thing. Uh, as a result, however, mind you, however, Hogan uh, won the matchup with the big leg drop finisher that he's known for, however, in 22 minutes. And with that said, however, he became the new WCW World's Champion. Um, my thoughts about this match, great main event, good way to celebrate Hogan's first uh, pay-per-view appearance off here in WCW. Uh, of course, this would uh, do a better buy rate than uh, WCW, or excuse me, WWE's King of the Ring of that year, of course, uh, by a good bit, of course, because they had actually acquired Hulk Hogan from WWE, however, just a couple months prior to this, or less than six months before this. And to see Hogan come in and literally slap Vince McMahon and his old company, WWE, right across the face by signing with uh, the rival Ted Turner and WCW and deliver a pretty good main event matchup against the guy he should have fought at WrestleMania 8, however, uh, Ric Flair. And these two go almost 20-plus minutes and change and steal the show. Uh, yeah, you can say this one was pretty good, to say the least. So that's what I thought. Um, on the whole, let's uh, go into final thoughts as far as best worst match of the night and overall grade of the show before we get into talking about last night's Monday Night Raw. Of course, we'll talk about it again later on tonight on Revolution, beginning at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, I would have to give this show about a 6 out of 10. I thought it was a fairly decent show. Uh, the best match of the night, what can I say? I think this one was the best match of the night. Hogan and Flair, without question. I've gone back and watched it several times since. I still think it was a very good match, and to see, like I said, Hogan deliver a really good match here in his first night in, I thought he did pretty well here. And add to the fact that this time Hogan was only 40 years old, a young 40 years old, however, it's pretty amazing to say the least. Uh, the worst match of the night, or the really non-entertaining matchup of the night, however, I would have to say it was Vader and Guardian Angel. I mean, I know a lot of people will probably disagree with me, and they'll probably think the tag match was great, not that great. I would say that was the second worst match of the night, but overall, however, as far as the worst match of the night goes, I would have to say this was, without question, Vader and Guardian Angel. So, that being said, that's what I thought of the overall take involving the memorable Bash at the Beach show. And again, that was held back in July of 1994, ladies and gentlemen, at the legendary Orlando Arena in Orlando, Florida. Now, since we got about 25 minutes left, however, we're going to talk a little bit about Monday Night Raw and also uh, what my thoughts were. And of course, I'm going to share these thoughts also again later on tonight on uh, Revolution. Again, caller ID number is 138055-POUND. And the number one, you can listen to Mr. W. Sir, Chad Henshaw along with Gerard T. Smith, myself, John Gross, and the rest of our panels tonight. Uh, last Friday, of course, we celebrated a milestone there, too. Uh, I do want to 
congratulate them, of course, by celebrating uh, episode number 150. Yes, folks, last week, however, on Revolution Radio, we had a chance to make history, however, yet again, however. And as a result, ladies and gentlemen, we celebrated with our 150th episode. So uh, definitely a very historical milestone, to say the least, however, excuse me, a very historic milestone, to say the least. Uh, congratulations, of course. Definitely goes out in order uh, to Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw and his uh, broadcast team out there, including Gerard T. Smith, the Big IQ Jeff Teeters, the JML Experience, Amory Reckenbach, the Last Kicker, Gregory the Big Diesel Kramer, Kendrick uh, the Lowdown Smith, Mr. Hulkamania, Big Bad Bob Ziegler, uh, John Gross, of course, and of course the rest of our panels, of course. Uh, for celebrating episode number 150. However, a very, very exciting night it was last Friday night, however, on episode number 150. It was a very bittersweet one, too, however, as we honor the life and times of uh, former WWE diva China, who, uh, as we said, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, sadly and tragically lost, however, uh, last uh, Thursday, let's just say, at the age of 45, and our thoughts and prayers are still with China's friends and family this week, however in more ways than one, as she left us far too soon uh, at the age of 45. Like I said, it just it's it's just break, it breaks your heart, because I mean we've lost so many superstars over the years, however, at such a young age, and China's the latest one, however. And like I said, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with China's friends and family with a question, however. Um, so definitely we are keeping our thoughts in prayers with them tonight again, however, in more ways than one as we lost her a week ago. All right, I'm sorry here, folks. I'm just doing some stuff here uh, for the show, however, here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And as we said, however, we're going to talk now about Monday Night Raw, however, mind you, however. That being said, however, let's talk about last night's Raw that happened in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, my thoughts of the show, I thought, uh, personally, the show could have been a bit, lot better. Um, there were a couple good matches that stood out for me. Uh, the first match of the night, AJ Styles versus the Celtic Warriors, Sheamus, formerly of the League of Nations, which now it looks like they have decided to split that faction up involving uh, Alberto Del Rio, as I like to call him, Alberto Del Taco, Rusev, the Bulgarian bully, along with his mule, the Moscow mule herself, Lana, uh, Sheamus, the Celtic Warrior, the Red Rooster, uh, tanned Irish uh, boy himself with uh, the mohawk and the pirate beard, and of course uh, Wade Barrett are no longer a faction apparently. After kicking Barrett to the curb a few weeks ago, it seems like finally they announced uh, before last night's show that they've decided to finally split up the so-called League of Nations. And i got to say, it's about time. I just don't think it has been working since the very beginning. I even said that before they started this whole faction. However, I don't think it was going to last very long. And as a result, I proved to be right, however, in more ways than one, as they just absolutely, totally did nothing right with these guys at all. And over the last couple months, even though they've had a couple chances of going after the tag titles against like teams like the New Day and the Usos and the Dudleys, uh, they just haven't been anything really worth watching, if you ask me. They just continue to bore me time and time again. Speaking of the Usos, of course, the Usos were in action last night. Of course, the Rock's cousins, if you will, and the Roman Reigns' cousin, if you will, taking on the newly formed team of Luke Gallows and Carl Doc Anderson, the Bullet Club, or the Balor Club, whatever you want to call them. 
Uh, I think the Balor Club or Bullet Club, whatever you want to call them, is a team you better watch out for. These guys being business. Uh, last night they showed they meant business, however, their first night in and beat up the Usos uh, pretty convincingly in less than 15 minutes. I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, where they go from here involving these guys, I really don't know. I'm sure we'll see more about that this Sunday involving the big title matchup between Roman Reigns and their so-called best friend, AJ Styles. And speaking of AJ, I thought AJ thought a pretty good match to start out the show with Sheamus last night. I thought it was very entertaining. I thought it was very unique and interesting. And uh, as far as Roman goes, uh, he took on Alberto Del Taco, a.k.a. Alberto Del Rio, however, in the main event. Um, I thought it was an okay match, but again, it could have been a lot better. I'm not surprised uh, that Roman won. However, I am surprised about the rating, though. I mean, I understand people were watching stuff last night, like Dancing with the Stars, Mike and Molly returning to the airwaves for a little while before they finally go off the air later on this summer, along with the NHL playoffs and also the NBA playoffs. But uh, the ratings I found out earlier tonight, just before we went on the air here on Raw, uh, here on Revisited, and I gotta say, uh, I think WWE has got to be alarmed about the ratings. I mean, last week they did a 2.3 off a tape delay show that aired earlier in the evening from London. Of course, the main event was Dean Ambrose. Excuse me, not Dean Ambrose. It was yeah, it was Dean Ambrose. Sorry, my mistake. It was Dean Ambrose taking on his longtime rival Kevin Owens. Uh, last night, of course, your main event was Roman Reigns taking on Alberto Del Rio. And as a result, they did it a very, very alarming 2.2 rating. Yes, folks, I'm not making this up, a 2.2 rating. And I'll tell you what, folks, if I'm Vince McMahon, WWE, however, after seeing that, however, I would be very, very alarmed. I mean, I'm wondering where they're going to go from here. Of course, uh, coming up next Monday, they're going to be in St. Louis. And then a week from tonight, they're going to be in Kansas City following the pay-per-view this Sunday, which is going to be in Chicago. But... I know the last couple of weeks, Shane O'Mac, a.k.a. Shane McMahon, has been running things, however, and uh, trying to make things better. I mean, his first night in, however, the night following WrestleMania, he did pretty good. The following week, he did half-decent Los Angeles, giving us a pretty good matchup involving AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. But uh, the last couple of weeks, however, I think uh, uh, WWE fans have got to be alarmed, to say the least. I know I'm alarmed, to say the least, because I think the reigns right now are just really going to continue to fall more and more if they don't get any better. At least I hope they try to pick up this week. However, we'll see what happens in St. Louis. But uh, the last two Monday nights, our last night, obviously, and the week before on a tape delay in London, I thought they could have done a lot better. Uh, they kind of dropped the ball on that, so to speak. The only match that was good last week, of course, was... Uh, I'm trying to think who was it. It was Sami Zayn. It was Sami Zayn was in a match, I remember. I, I mean, and then, of course, that's my man, Sami Zayn. Uh, last night, of course, Sammy was in a match against Rusev, of course, and had a hard time uh, fighting the so-called Bulgarian uh, bully, if you will. But at the end of the night, stood tall and pulled off an upset. But uh, the match that stood out for me last night, as I mentioned already, and I'll mention it again, that really I think was one of the better matches of the night without question was the matchup involving the Usos taking on the Balor Club or the Bullet Club, whatever you want to call it, as well as AJ Styles and Sheamus. Um... The match that kind of put me to sleep or really bored me, however, was the Divas Affair. Usually the Divas don't bore me, I mean, sometimes bore me a good bit, but not that much. Last night, however, I got to say, they really, really put me to sleep. I mean, you only had a two-and-a-half-minute match between Natty Nightheart, who will be taking on the world's uh, Divas champion, or the women's champion, whatever you want to call her, Charlotte Flair with her daddy, Ric Flair, this Sunday 
in Chicago on pay-per-view, however, taking on Emma, uh, the girlfriend of Zack Ryder, the former WWE IC champion. Uh, my thoughts about this matchup is simple. Uh, Emma's terrible. I mean, she can't wrestle worth a damn. She's absolutely dreadfully bad. She almost reminds you of Ava Marie because she just absolutely has no personality whatsoever. They changed her gimmick completely around from being the warm, bubbly, uh, dancing, uh, smiley, happy diva to this uh, narcissistic, badass, uh, attitude wannabe Sasha Banks uh, diva, if you ask me. And speaking of Sasha Banks, that is uh, one diva who, along with Becky Lynch and Paige, we did not see last night on Raw. I don't know why they were not there last night. They weren't even on the warm-up show at all, either, unless they uh, were given the night off, but... uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I think they could have used one of those Divas last night or any of those Divas out there last night because this match between, like I said, Natty and also uh, Emma was just absolutely horrible. And as far as the match goes on Sunday between Natty and uh, Charlotte, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I won't even say it again tonight, How on Revolution. I'll say it again this Sunday on the Prediction Show too. Um, I think it's time for Charlotte to drop the belt. I really do. I've said it before and I'll say it again. She should have lost the belt. At WrestleMania, I think she got lucky winning that belt back at WrestleMania. Or should winning the t- title at WrestleMania, I think my girl Sasha Banks or even Becky Lynch should have won at Fair and Square. Instead, Charlotte, of course, had to help through her daddy, the great 16-time World's Champion, the two-time Hall of Famer himself, Ric Flair. Um, personally, I think it's time for Ric Flair to go away again, and this time stay away for good. I feel. I mean, yeah, I understand you want to be in your daughter's corner and continue to support her as your coach and everything. And that's understandable. But you know what? However, I'm just sick and tired week after week of having Ric Flair come out and proclaim that his daughter is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, yes, I understand she's a great champion. Don't get me wrong. She's a good diva and she's a fine champion at times. But more and more over the last few even longer than that, folks. She just continues to be this arrogant, whiny, prissy diva, however, that thinks everything should be given to her on a silver platter. And you know what, however? It's already been given to her on a silver platter over the last several months, however. So having said that, folks, however, I think it's time for her to drop the belt, and hopefully that will happen this Sunday. Uh, We'll be back in just a second, folks, so let's stay tuned. We have more to talk about this in just a moment. Sorry about that, folks. We uh, just had a little technical difficulty there. We're back now. Um, as we were saying, however, um, as far as the match goes on Sunday, however, I would love to see Natty win and become the new champion, but I don't think that's going to happen. Obviously, of course, it's because Ric Flair is going to find a way to help his little girl find a way to steal the victory and probably leave Chicago still as the champion. However, the two matches that I am kind of looking forward to on Sunday, however, at the Payback Pay-Per-View, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you what, however, these are the matches I'm really looking forward to. One of them, of course, is the big IC title matchup involving Cesaro and The Miz. Of course, we've seen what's happened in the past with both of these guys, Miz and Cesaro. Of course, Miz, as you know, won the IC title bout from uh, Zack Ryder the night after WrestleMania, thanks to his wife, Maurice, who I don't know why she's even back in the WWE, even though they're going to be casting her on Total Divas this fall. Uh, if you ask me, Maurice looks like a French-cut uh, person of the street, if you ask me. I think she's absolutely terrible in every sense of the word. She has no personality. She's arrogant. She's narcissistic. She's egomaniacal like her husband, The Miz. And as far as Cesaro goes, I just hope he knocks him out with the neutralizer, even the uh, uppercuts that he does time and time again to his adversaries and just puts Miz in his place uh, this Sunday. At least I hope he does. 
uh, and capture the IC title. So we'll have to wait and see if that happens, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, having said that, however, another match I'm really looking forward to, this is the match I really am looking forward to, is Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. We've seen the history between these two. However, of course, they've met over the course of the over the years in different federations, but these two could really find a way to seal the show on Sunday. We'll talk about that again in just a second, so we'll be right back. Sorry about that again, folks. As I was saying, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens is the match I'm really looking forward to this Sunday, Howard, in Chicago. I think that those two are going to absolutely steal the show. We've seen the history between these two, Howard, in the past, Howard, from fighting each other and being teammates with each other. Of course, a couple of years ago, Sami shocked the world by defeating Adrian Neville for the NXT title. Of course, that was the night, of course, Kevin Owens came in, of course, and was giving endorsement to his new friend, or should I say his current friend, Sami Zayn, and then shortly thereafter, Kevin Owens left Sami Zayn, however, by attacking him after the match, however, and of course, these two got into a bitter, bitter rivalry, to say the least. So, I think these two guys are going to really find a way to tear each other apart this Sunday. In fact, I would not be surprised if this is the show-stealing match of the entire program. I think these guys could go 15, 20 minutes. It's going to be interesting to see if KO is going to come through with the pop-up powerbomb, or if Sami's going to win with the hula of a kick. We'll have to wait and see how that happens. But I'll tell you right now, it's going to be a match that I am very much looking forward to, and I think these two are going to really find a way to just absolutely bring down the house in Chicago. Um, other matches on the card include Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler. I think Baron Corbin's going to squash Dolph Ziggler. I don't think Dolph Ziggler has no chance in hell, if you ask me, of beating the big man. Corbin has done very, very well since he got in the WWE about three weeks ago from NXT, and I just think he's going to absolutely pound uh, Dolph into submission and just leave him laying in the middle of the ring once again with his trademark finisher, the end of days. Uh, as far as the tag team title goes, you got the Vaude Villains and Enzo and Cass. Enzo More and the Big Kong Cassie, the Seven Foot Monster. Uh, this could be a good match. I think four, these four have had great history with each other in NXT. Uh, this is the first time they're meeting on the big stage in WWE. I think these four could really uh, give the fans a treat. However, I think Enzo and Cass at the end of the night are going to end up winning this. However, I feel my opinion and go on to face the New Day, maybe possibly Monday night in St. Louis, or maybe in three weeks after. Extreme Rules, Howard, and St. Louis, Howard, for the tag team titles, however, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, that being said, only time will tell. And as we said, uh, Raw this week will be in St. Louis. Of course, Extreme Rules will be in three weeks, and it is not in St. Louis, I should say. I made a mistake in saying it was in St. Louis, I think. If I did say that, sorry, folks, I meant to say it will be held in the Garden State of New Jersey, if you ask me, as those two uh, uh, teams, I'm sure, will do battle there. Uh, we already mentioned, of course, the Divas title matchup. We also mentioned the IC title matchup, and of course, the big feud between Owens and Zayn. Uh, another match that is going to be on the card uh, this Sunday that should be very entertaining is going to be Dean Ambrose taking on Chris Jericho. I think those two will absolutely have a very good match. We saw what happened last night, of course, when Chris Jericho put the walls of Jericho in the uh, lunatic fringe, if you ask me. I think those two are far from uh, 
finishing their feud with each other. I think we're going to have a big war with those two uh, coming up this Sunday. But the matchup I think everyone's going to be talking about, and I know a lot of people will be discussing this tonight on Revolution. Of course, we'll be discussing throughout the week, however, is, of course, the big upcoming title matchup between Roman Reigns and AJ Styles. I mean, last night in front of 14,000 people, we saw Roman not get a very good response by the fans in Hartford, if you ask me. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, um, obviously, where they go from here following uh, payback. However, I do think we might have AJ Styles pull off his feel-good moment once again, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, folks, I've said it all along, and I said it on Raw Radio yesterday in the predictions. However, I'll say it again here tonight. I think AJ Styles is either going to get his feel-good moment here and become the new world's champion through hell power by, by either Gallows and Anderson, or he's going to do it by himself maybe this Sunday. So don't be surprised, however, if you see AJ Styles walk out of uh, Chicago with the belt maybe and uh, continue his phenomenal year. No pun intended. I mean, he's had a pretty good start so far in 2016. I mean, he goes into WWE's Royal Rumble, however, back in January, is number three. He hangs in the Rumble for about 35, 40 minutes, does pretty darn well his first night, and, and does pretty well. And then what happens the next night, he pulls off an upset by defeating Lionheart Chris Jericho, however, and turns some heads. Then, of course, he uh, fought Jericho again in a matchup at Fastlane. That was pretty good, and, of course, he had... Closed out the feud with Jericho, however, by uh, having that really good matchup at WrestleMania. Although he came up short this time, he still did pretty well. And then, of course, what happens after that? He goes after the main boy, the big boys of the world, if you will. They included uh, the returning of uh, the Swiss Superman, Antonio Cesaro, KO, and yes, once again, Chris Jericho, to see who would be the next person to go after Roman Reigns' world title after Roman Reigns, of course, won the world title just 24 hours before at WrestleMania 32. And what happens? He becomes the new number one contender. So AJ Styles has had a pretty damn good start, folks. I mean, he has had a phenomenal start, no pun intended, uh, here in 2016. I think he's going to continue to shine brightly uh, throughout the year, barring injury, barring any personal problems. But so far, he is off to a phenomenal start. And I think coming up this Sunday, he is going to really turn some heads, I feel, by becoming the new world's champion. At least that's what I think. Um, okay, ladies and gentlemen. Um, a couple other notes to point out real quick, how are non-wrestling related. Uh, as you know, in case you're... Uh, Living under a rock, of course. The NHL playoffs are going to continue, of course, uh, coming up tomorrow night. The big matchup, Nashville and Anaheim will be playing in Anaheim. Game 7 of the first round of the Western Conference Series. That is now tied at 3. We also want to give an acknowledgement to our one of our uh, colleagues, however, the last kicker herself, Amory Reckenbach's team. The St. Louis Blues pulled off a big upset last night by knocking out the Chicago Blackhawks, however, in the first round of the playoffs, however, and denying the Blackhawks any uh, further into Lord Stanley's Cup this year. Talk about a major upset, folks. They pulled off a major upset last night, winning there in St. Louis, so congratulations to your team, Ann, uh, from... Me, personally, I know uh, you were pulling for your team all the way, however, and they've had a pretty good series so far, however, season so far. And with them now taking out the defending champs, however, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in round number two. And uh, speaking of champs, of course, we've got a great war coming up this Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, live from the nation's capital in the second round. Of course, it'll be the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sid Crosby, my hometown team, taking on Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals in Game 1 of the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. That's going to be a doozy of a game. Of course, they announced that earlier this evening. Of course, Game 2 will be on Saturday night at 8 o'clock on NBC. And then Games 3 and 4 will be back in Pittsburgh a week from Monday, however, should I say this next Monday, and a week from tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. And tickets for both Game 3 and 4, I believe, are still on sale or sold out. Either they're still on sale 
right now at the Ticketmaster box office at Console Energy Center there in Pittsburgh, or they all sold out earlier today. But nevertheless, Howard, get ready. It's going to be a big seven-game war series between the Pens and Capitals. You can bet that uh, that these two teams, however, have no love lost for each other, and it's going to be quite a series with these two teams when they get it on coming up this Thursday night. Uh, speaking of getting on, ladies and gentlemen, one other side note quickly. Uh, one acknowledgement to point out this Thursday night. Do not forget, ladies and gentlemen, the NFL College Pro Draft will be taking place in Chicago. And that will be, be live on ESPN television as well as the NFL Network. 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time is going to be the time you can check that out. And of course, the Los Angeles Rams, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the San Diego Chargers are the top three teams, one through three, however, on the board. My boys, however, the Pittsburgh Steelers, my hometown team, will be drafting number 25. Gerard T. Smith's team, meanwhile, the Detroit Lions, however, will be drafting number 16. John Gross's team, the Washington Redskins, will be somewhere in the 20s. Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw's team, along with Big Bad Bob Ziegler, Mr. Hulkamania's team, will be number 30. And I believe I'm trying to find out who Ann's team is, along with Michelle's team is, as well as the rest of our colleagues are. I'm sure they're going to be interesting to see what they do in the draft. But as we said, folks, the uh, Los Angeles Rams will be on the board first, however, with the first pick overall. So we'll have to wait and see what they do. There's been some talk already that they have already made a decision, and it could be announced by Thursday afternoon before the draft. They're going to take quarterback Jared Goff from the University of California, Berkeley, at number one. So we'll have to wait and see if the Rams, in fact, and their head coach, Jeff Fisher, along with their general manager, Norm Sneed, however, will take him at number one. Of course, the Rams, as you know, moved back to Los Angeles just a few months ago from St. Louis, however. And as a result, we'll be playing in the Los Angeles Coliseum this year, as well as next year, however, until they get their new stadium built there in Los Angeles, however, that is set to open, I believe, either in 2018 or 2019 in Los Angeles. And it has been reported that that stadium will cost over a billion and a half, almost $2 billion officially uh, for the Rams to play in. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Rams do their very first year back in Los Angeles for the first time since the mid-90s. Well, folks, we've talked a lot about uh, other subjects besides wrestling tonight, and that's what we do here sometimes. However, we sometimes, towards the end of the night, however, go off on other sports, but most of the time we stick to wrestling. Of course, do not forget, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, 9 o'clock, Gerard will handle the news along with yours truly, the Iceman, Jerry DiGirolamo. Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw will be on the line along with Big Bad Bob Ziggler. John Gross will have your dates and birthdays in history, 138055-POUND, 1724-444-7044. We will be on until 1130. Of course, we will be on... Also, tomorrow night, of course, don't forget, Michelle, uh, Miss Madness herself, uh, Lynn Dodds, the Black Widow, along with Gerard T. Smith and myself, will have another wrestling debate for you, and we will continue our debate on the Monday Night War beginning at 8 o'clock. That will begin tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time till 9. You can listen to all of us tomorrow night. Of course, uh, that caller ID is number 139925-POUND. Do not forget, Wolfpack Radio is this Thursday, 138521-POUND. We will talk a lot more, of course, uh, later this week. And then Saturday night, don't forget, how I listen to the Black Widow and Gerard and whoever else comes on on Attitude Radio, 138982 at 9 o'clock. Of course, they will talk to you about what their thoughts were of the past week of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and also give you a taste of payback preview in their own words. And then, of course, ladies and gentlemen, they will also give us some love as well on Raw Radio. And, of course, you can listen to Raw Radio, 138744-pound, each and every Monday from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. every Monday afternoon. Of course, you can join Gerard, myself, Michelle, Greg, uh, the Big Diesel Kramer, Kendrick the Lowdown Smith, John the Human Suplex Machine Grows, the Big Diesel Gregory Kramer. Of course, sometimes we have some surprise callers calling, including the Lowdown, as we said, the franchise Dandy Girolamo, 
and some other guests along the way. So that should be very interesting to say the least. And of course, you can go back and listen to our 40th show yesterday and listen to all of our shows on TalkShoe.com. Now, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, also this Sunday at 5 p.m., of course, 138055-pound, listen to the very special Revolution pre-show for Payback. That should be a very good show from 5 to 6. All of us will be on the show weighing in with our predictions about the big matches. I've already weighed in with some of my predictions. Of course, I'll be repeating some of those predictions again on Sunday, maybe some thoughts about other things later on during the week on our other shows. But don't forget, listen to the Revolution this Sunday, beginning at 5 p.m., of course, some bets might be made on the air, too, with some of our colleagues as well. So, anyway, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call it a night here and put it to bed here. We will be back again in just a little while. We hope you enjoy the rest of your Tuesday evening. Thank you for listening to us tonight, episode 23, if you will. We'll be back next week with number 24, and who knows what kind of moment we'll have next week. So, for now, this is the Iceman saying so long, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good night, everyone, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Good night, everyone.